What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. And it's it's heavy-hitter week, folks. Uh, we had the Cowboys yesterday. Today, we're talking about a little organization you might have heard about. Uh, They're called the Kansas City Chiefs, and you've got questions. I've got questions, uh, and not just because I'm the host of the show, and that's literally my job is to make questions for the guests. It's because I I, want to know. I I, I was aggressive in drafting Juju Smith-Schuster in the Scott Fish Bowl. I I, I took some heat online. I didn't take any heat. One guy said something, and uh, he assured me that Juju would would have been there if i just would have waited uh maybe he definitely would not have been because my draft my draft was very aggressive so had to make some moves i'm sure there's a lot of scott fishbowl listeners out there i tell you what my <laughs> this is a training camp pod uh, training camp is uh everything coming out of training camp great for my scott fishbowl team trending up trending up but that's not why you're here you're here for the inside scoop on training camp, and we're going to deliver again today. I dialed up Aaron Ladd. He's the sports anchor for KSHB 41, the NBC affiliate NKC. He also contributes to Arrowhead Pride and has his own Chiefs podcast. He's there at camp day in and day out. You can find him Aaron Ladd Zero on Twitter, and he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking to Mahomes. We're talking Kelsey. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Ladd. David, how's it going? Aaron, hello. How are you? I'm well. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you great. Coming in loud and clear. Thanks uh, Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Obviously, the, the Chiefs are at the top of the list uh, for people you know to invest in in fantasy. And last year, this team finished fourth in total points, third in total yards, and ran the fifth most plays, which led them to being fifth in yards per play as well. So looking back, uh, still one of the top teams, but definitely in that top five, uh, more than that very top, top offense, uh, which I think a lot of people you know put that moniker on them and it's a new year with a lot of players gone and and coming in so from what you've seen in herding camp how is this offense going to function as a whole in 2022 versus years past uh with this new cast around patrick mahomes uh you know i think we all expect the numbers are going to be there at the end of the season uh but could it be different how they get there yeah it's gonna have to be different and i think that's the biggest question surrounding the chiefs entering this season how do you replace the production left behind by the the Tyree Kill trade. Uh, it's a it's a new look unit in the wide receiver room. You got Sky Moore, uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster coming in. Uh, in my opinion, the offense is going to be a lot more balanced. Uh, I think maybe one of the biggest reasons why Chiefs fans were were so upset about how the AFC Championship game ended last year is it was such a dominant performance in the first half. It was with Jekyll and Hyde. In the second half, if the Chiefs can be more consistent running the football, they have an extremely balanced room there as well. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But 
Barkley. You're going to see less of, of that deep threat, over-the-top type stuff that Tyreek Hill brought in, a lot more middle, intermediate, Travis Kelsey, Juju, uh, spacing type stuff. And from what we've talked to the staff about, they embrace the challenge, man. Andy Reid telling reporters this camp, you know, the one thing that's constant in this league is change, and the Chiefs have definitely experienced some change uh, as far as personnel, but I think they have the the ability to put everything together and still be a dynamic offense. Well, let's talk about the wide receivers next, you know, because this is a room where we're really going to need some help. And it sounds like uh, it's in flux. Juju, you've mentioned, uh, is new in town. And from the looks of uh, the Twitter videos, lighting, he's lighting up camp. Sky Moore, obviously getting a lot of buzz uh, from being a rookie. And he's getting some backfield reps, it looks like, which is also lighting up uh, the Twitter feed. And I have so much uh, McCall Hardman on underdog, Aaron. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing. So let's... Uh, <laughs> Gonna need some McCall talk and, uh, you know, MVS of all the Scantling. He'll certainly be going off the boards, which we assume will be as that deep threat. But uh, can you talk to us about this room? What's, you know, what's the inside scoop here? Uh, because, uh, like I said, we, we need some help. Yeah, we can kind of go one by one here. It, it, of all the guys so far in camp, and I, I think it's day 12, they're off today. We're speaking on Wednesday on the phone. So I would say Juju's been my, been my standout. I, I kind of wondered how he would fit in. And, the Chiefs haven't been shy about how they felt like he could fit in this offense. Uh, going back to last offseason, there was that report that Andy Reid was texting him pictures of the Lombardi Trophy. He looks like he wants to win it early here in camp. He's got a very clear, concise chemistry with Patrick Mahomes in the short and intermediate route range. So I like how Juju fits. And then MVS, his hands, man, it, it, that's been the concern coming from Green Bay, but he's flashed them as far as being able to go up over the top, snag that kind of thing. There's a there's a chemistry with Mahomes there as well. I like his fit. I like the the creativity and the the flexibility that Sky Moore presents. The the, the pick out of the 2022 draft out of, out of Western Michigan. He's fast and shifty. And I was saying earlier to 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 someone that you know if you really are looking just one to one to replace Tyree Kill as far as his skill set and and that kind of thing, it, it, it's what Sky Moore has been able to do against. You know, practice dummies, keep that in mind. But uh, I think Sky Moore has been fun and, and that kind of thing. And then it's, and then it gets fun, right? Justin Watson is a guy that they brought brought over from Tampa Bay. He's got chemistry with Patrick, uh, with uh, Tom Brady. We'll see if he can recreate that. And Patrick, and Patrick Mahomes, he's likely to be the fifth wide receiver on the board. And then maybe a special teams guy in Doris Fountain. I know a lot of people are hoping that Josh Gordon breaks through and maybe makes the roster. We'll, we'll see if that happens. But those top four, or the core four, if you will, that are locked in, MBS, Juju, McCole, Harbin. Oh, sorry, I didn't mention your guy, McCole. Contract year, we know that's undefeated in sports. He's <laughs> had some good days and some bad days. We sat around, and I, I remember last year at camp, the media was kind of prodding around, wondering if McCole Harbin would, would make the leap. And, and, and down the end of the stretch last year, I'm, I'm including their playoff run, and kind of the last three or four games of the regular season, he was a different guy at his first – 100-yard receiving game, I think, in Week 18 against Denver. Uh, he, he He's shown the flashes, but can he put it together at a consistent level is, is yet to be seen. He's got to be looking at the wide receiver market and the guys that came out in the same draft class as him and, and want to think, yo, I want a, I want a contract like that one. This is the year to prove it if you're McCole Hardman. So he's part of that core four for Kansas City, and they're going to depend a lot on them and, of course, Travis Kelsey. 
So who will be in the uh, the the three wide receiver sets on the field? Is it going to be you know you mentioned the, the core four, but is it going to be Hardman, Juju, and MVS uh, when they're when they're in that eleven personnel, or could Sky Moore sneak in there? How what's trending there? I'm not even going to pretend to know because the Chiefs are so multiple. It's it, it's hilarious. I think they had a four tight end set last year, and they're likely to keep four tight ends on the roster again. There's been a lot of hype and buzz around uh, the rookie out of Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco, who I've seen multiple times get spread out wide. They can do so many different things with so many different personnel. I, I, I think off top, you're you're talking McColl, MVS, and Juju, and then maybe going from there. But of course, 87 is always out on the field, and I, I, I'm already dizzy and spinning just thinking about the play sheet that Andy Reid has to read off of. But they, they have the ability to do a lot of different things and show a lot of different looks. Well, this is exciting. Uh, I'm loving what I'm hearing. It sounds like there's um, enough for everyone to eat with this new offense, especially with the, you know, the, if it's going to be in, uh, intermediate, a lot of guys uh, are going to get some targets. Uh, but you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco, and uh, he's an unlikely camp riser you know he's lighting up draft boards going uh, very aggressively in drafts happening now uh, and so let's move to the running back room next Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the the would-be RB1 and you know he should be that smash he's left drafters a bit biased with two subpar seasons uh, for his draft capital and fantasy drafts they're deep in their priors on CEH deep in those priors uh, he's he's falling very hard uh, in uh, Ronald Jones though he's getting a lot of buzzes at RB2 being drafted by a lot of sharps in these fantasy streets uh, McKinnon's still around, and like I said, Pacheco is—he's—he's he's getting that buzz. Uh, so is, is Ceh still that clear one? And uh, how is this room going to play out? I think this is going to be a, a room that frustrates a lot of fantasy managers. You mentioned Clyde Edwards-Helaire having some subpar seasons. His rookie year, maybe. I know I'm no fantasy expert, but I was in some leagues where dude was going high second round, high third round. It just. It never seemed like you were going to get the value back based on how Andy Reid uses his running back in that positional group. It's specifically cloudy. It's specifically murky on who's going to be the RB1. I have my own Chiefs podcast where we talk about this room all the time, and it's by design. Andy Reid one one day last year said he likes to have a lot of different flavors at, at running back. This is a guy that loves to eat. So I kind of compared it to a Neapolitan ice cream, if you will. Ronald Jones will be your chocolate. CEH might be your vanilla. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco could be your strawberry. Like, there's going to be a point at each time this year where it feels like one of the guys is your RB1, so to speak. If Clyde breaks camp as your RB1, cool, that's as to be expected. But I think Ronald Jones was brought in for a reason. He's a more durable guy. Clyde missed eight games last year and has missed time in both of his first two seasons. Uh, Ronald Jones has proven that not only he can stay healthy, but be a bruiser at times. And they absolutely love Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, not only in the the run game, but the pass game as well. He's a versatile guy. They've announced that he's going to be the kicker turner as well in this first preseason game up in Chicago. So Kansas City has a lot of options at running back, and it's going to be murky there. I don't know what the value looks like as far as fantasy is concerned, but I, I know it's going to be frustrating to a lot of managers out there if you handcuff yourself to to one guy specifically. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, in both the wide receiver and the uh, running back room, uh, there's not a lot of concentration where it's just going to be one guy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes using his eyes and, and his arm to, to find the guy that's open, which could frustrate gamers. And uh, that, But that's why we're here. We're, we're getting the inside scoop, and I love it. Funny that we're spending so much time on Pacheco, but, you know, he's getting the, you know, uh, his naysayers would, would say, you know, Darwin Thompson also, once upon a time, got a lot of hype. Uh, is is it a different feel, though, than 
when Thompson was uh, making waves in, in training camp with Pacheco? I always tell people, well, let's just hit the yellow button. You know, there's nothing wrong with with waiting for a little bit more information. Uh, I think the value is one thing that has really driven up the hype machine, if you will. I mean, a seventh round guy, he he was the star as far as that Rutgers team is concerned. He's hidden kind of in in this murky backfield, if you will. Um, but as far as the reps, it's it's shown you that there's a rookie, but it's also shown you his, his potential as well, and you mold that with the the dynamic playmaker and creativity that we know Andy Reid is and how he likes to use his running backs in the pass and the screen game, it could be a home run. Could be could, could be a lottery ticket. Uh, I think I hit the yellow button just maybe because I'm a little bit more of a cautious guy and, and we just saw the Chiefs drafting a, a, a running back in the first round and, and things haven't been going as well uh, as expected, but I think the system in place allows Isaiah Pacheco to come in and thrive sooner rather than later. Yeah, it seems like, you know, they did spend that first round capital and CEH uh, is, you know, uh, still very much on the team. It seems like he get the first crack, uh, but, uh, you know, Pacheco is a real threat. Absolutely. Okay, well, if there is any concentration uh, on this team in terms of target volume, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. You know, he seems poised for another big year as that connection with Mahomes you know, to quote Evan Silva on, on another podcast, it's the, the Pippen and Jordan <laughs> combo here on this team. Uh, feels like they have one of the strongest connections in the league. And even though he is another year older, uh, he's one of the most durable players in the NFL. Only missed a handful of, of games since 2015. Last year, he had nine touchdowns. And I think the TDs will be there. But I think the, the question is targets. Last year, he had only 134. It was lowest in a, in a while. Uh, are they using him any differently? Or is it more or less the same? Could we see that tip close to you know, 150 targets uh, from what you've seen in camp. I love how we're saying, like, oh, only 134 targets. Well, I, I mean, uh, obviously, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek. Like, as far as a, a fantasy investment, Travis Kelsey is like a Ferrari, right? Like, you know if you're going for Kelsey uh, and investing investing your stock in Kelsey, you want top of, top of, you're expecting tight end one, tight end two, tight end three value every week. And who knows, man, that, that's a question left to be answered because this offense, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, is, is going to look different this year. It, it can't just be Kelsey and Hill, as we saw at many points when they were struggling to start off the season last year. Uh, I think the goal and the emphasis of the offense this year, this is just based on what I've seen. Obviously, we'll get a lot more information as the preseason games start to roll out, but get the ball out of Mahomes' hand as quickly as possible. Usually that means Kelsey. So if you're telling me 134 or 132 or whatever, was his output last year. Uh, maybe that jumps just on, on a basis of how the offense looks a little bit different this year. But I could also see a world in which uh, uh, maybe Jody Fortson, who's a guy that was injured, was showing some promise last year, had two touchdowns from Mahomes. If he stays healthy this year, maybe he gets a couple more of those targets across the middle. Or uh, maybe those targets go to Juju Smith-Schuster, who, who's a guy that we talked about earlier, is going to eat up in a lot of that intermediate range and that kind of thing. Uh, the offense is going to look different. That still includes a large cut of Travis Kelsey, six straight thousand-yard seasons. So you know, if, if that's the floor, you're going to be happy. But it's tough, man. It, it's tough to say that he's going to continue this this pace because he is getting older. Yeah, well, uh, we're sickos, uh, so yeah, well, 134. We want even more. <laughs> 
<laughs> in these fantasy streets, uh, Aaron. Okay, well, we've talked about a lot of change, but one thing that isn't going to change is Patrick Mahomes is going to make amazing plays that you know drops our jaws. He's the man. Uh, although he is slipping behind guys like Josh Allen and even Chargers QB Justin Herbert in drafts this year. Some of it's because of the rushing upside for Allen and, and the sheer volume for Herbert, but there's also the narrative that the NFL has found a way to slow down Mahomes a bit uh, with some cover two looks. Uh, how has Mahomes looked? And, uh, you know, you mentioned they're changing things up with the intermediate game, which I think uh, would be how they attack the cover two. But what's the plan for Mahomes to keep, you know, him as the, as the beast we all we all know? And uh, also, he, he might be on, on one of my teams. So let's uh, let's let's keep the hype frame going here. And this guy has, has gone under the radar. I think the Tyree kill trade has kind of distracted everyone uh, from what Patrick Mahomes even called his worst half of football uh, of his career. That, that second half and overtime, remember, they got the ball first in overtime against Cincinnati after doing it in 13 seconds against Buffalo the week before. Patrick Mahomes came back to camp, and the first thing he said is, yo, I need to get better. He talked about improving on his base, uh, throwing from flat feet instead of bailing out of the pocket. There was a lot of times in that AFC title game where the read was there, but he just – had got happy feet and left out and, and did a lot of fundamentally unsound plays. Uh, there was a there was a re-emphasis on that, if you will. And we saw him getting acclimated with a lot of these new pieces right away down in, in Texas high school facility there, throwing with a lot of the guys, um, trying to establish some of that chemistry early. The offense runs through 15. Uh, I, I don't think I'm breaking any, <laughs> any news right there by saying he's going to continue to have to will them if they want to be a Super Bowl contender, as balanced as Kansas City wants to be or, or, or strives to be, um, sometimes there's a, a, an emphasis to, you know, let Russ cook, uh, let Pat cook, uh, and, and, and it goes through him. I think he'll continue to make plays for this offense with his feet, even though the emphasis is to stay a little bit more in the pocket. Um, this offensive line, there's not enough – talk about how the the offensive line was rebuilt after losing to Tampa Bay in that Super Bowl in the fashion that they did and how much pressure was on Mahomes in that in that situation it's almost a completely rebuilt unit from that so he's got to learn how to trust them going into into a lot of their second years talking about Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith specifically who they added to the draft last year I think if Mahomes can can not only trust the system but the players around him to be more balanced We'll see a lot of those completion numbers go up. We'll see a lot of the completion percentage numbers goes up, go up. And, and maybe we'll see Kansas City in the AFC title game once again. I'm glad you mentioned that line, uh, you know, the line improvement, because I think that is going on a, under the radar. And, you know, I think that's a, also an unheralded factor for fantasy gamers that they want to, you know, take into account come draft day, you know, and it's awesome to hear that they're gelling, especially, you know, if you are taking late flyers on a Pacheco or one of those guys, uh, it's not just, the, the pass blocking, but uh, I'm sure the run blocking is gelling as well. Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, this is a younger unit. It, it helps to have Orlando Brown back in the fold after his franchise tag, pump fake, holdout situation. Uh, we'll see, obviously, as the season gets rolling here, but the, the offensive line sets up everything you need to do. I mean, you can have Patrick Mahomes and, and all the fancy weapons you want, but we saw what happened when the offensive line wasn't completely whole. It, it seems like Trust is still being built in that in that factor, and, and it's going to start to pay off. Yeah, you got a good line. I could fall forward for point three points. I mean, three yards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Aaron, uh, we're going to get you out of here. Uh, one last question, but it's a bit of a toughie. 
What's your boldest fantasy prediction or take, if you will, for 2022 with the Kansas City Chiefs? Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. I think uh, I, I I always get crap from my fantasy friends because I usually try to avoid Chiefs, and they always ask me for Chiefs news and that kind of thing. But I guess I'll probably stick with Travis Kelsey. If you're drafting him as a tight end one, I would probably be beware, mostly because I do think it's going to be a more balanced offense. Have, have lower expectations for Kelsey. I know the price is going to be high. Uh, I don't know if y'all are a daily thing too, but he's got to be up there as far as as far as tight ends are concerned. I would uh, I, I would fade Kelsey in 2022. And I hope he doesn't hear this. We're fading Kelsey. Ooh, uh, it's going to be a you know. A, a... Wow. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that uh, to the bank myself, but uh, you said it all. Where can people find all your stuff? Yeah. All the Travis Kelsey fans listening can find me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Lad, L-A-D-D, zero on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you're here in KC, we do a bunch of stuff on air. KSHB 41 is the NBC station in town, official home of the Chiefs. We got all three preseason games coverage before and after those games so hope you'll tap in with us and i appreciate you having me on no thank you so much and uh yeah this is amazing and uh we're 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 fading kelsey and uh, (laughs) and uh yeah have a great season man hey man take it easy appreciate you patrick mahomes forever and always you are now dialed in Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.